This is the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast, session number 218, how to effectively lead yourself and others to more success. Hello there, and welcome to session number 218 of the Dancepreneuring Studio podcast. I'm Annette Bone, and the Dancepreneuring Studio is the place where dance inspires life and business. I get the joy and the privilege of sharing my journey back into the dance world after a 20 plus year hiatus, the lessons I've learned, the transformation I've experienced, and the wonderful creatives I've met along the way who also share their stories, their ideas, strategies, and tactics to help move your life and your business forward. So before we get into this wonderful conversation that totally complements my previous session, number 217, Leadership Lessons from Freestyle Session, I'd like to invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts for my show. Now, if you have an Apple device, all you have to do is go into the Apple Podcasts app on your iOS device and then search for the Dancepreneuring Studio. Then on the bottom, you can choose to write a review so you can give how, however many stars and then write a review. I'd really appreciate that. That'll help the discoverability of the show. And I would really appreciate your feedback and uh, that can help me to further refine the podcast. So thank you so much. So this episode came about from my conversation with my guest in passing, actually, because I had listened to something about leadership and it reminded me of him and seeing his journey from when I knew him way back and seeing the progression and the evolution of his companies and his dance companies and what he's done with other creatives. And so I mentioned that to him. And then I also mentioned about freestyle session, the last event I attended and covered in session number 217. And talking about leadership. And he said, well, I have a lot to say about leadership. And I thought, okay, well, let's talk about it on the podcast then. So here we are, I get to share this wonderful conversation with, uh, with you all. And so something else came to mind as I was uh, going through our conversation. And it was a an email about Seneca. And Seneca said, I'm this is all from the email, so I don't take credit for it. But I thought it's so appropriate for this conversation and for my guests coming up. It said, when Seneca said that he pitied a man who had not experienced adversity, what he was lamenting was the fact that this man had never been, quote, permitted to prove himself, or perhaps more accurately, had never permitted himself to show what he was made of, in part because he himself did not know. The emphasis there is on the know. You can't know without evidence, without experience, without results and data. Evidence in your capacity to achieve, to overcome, to triumph is way more important than belief. Belief is faith. We want more than that. We want to know. I've seen more than enough evidence with my guest because he continues to achieve. He continues to overcome. He continues to triumph and shows his belief in himself and in others with the way that he develops leadership in his own life and his own business. I know that you'll get a lot out of the session. I wanted to keep the conversation as intact as possible. So cover your ears if you are not into colorful language. <laughs> but anyway, I had a lot of fun. And as always, I always learn something from these fantastic conversations that I have. So here is uh, my amazing friend and guest, Emeroy Bernardo, CEO, founder of Vision Paradox, and a lot of other stuff, stuff that he was doing way before it was popular. And I'll link all of his information in the show notes. So let's go ahead and get to this session, how to effectively lead yourself and others to more success, which Emeroy has definitely done. Thank you so much for joining me. 
Now that you're warmed up, get ready to go full out with our feature presentation. The true mark of a leader is the willingness to stick with a bold course of action, an unconventional business strategy, a unique product development roadmap, a controversial marketing campaign, even as the rest of the world wonders why you're not marching in step with the status quo. In other words, real leaders are happy to zig while others zag. They understand that in an era of hyper-competition and non-stop disruption, the only way to stand out from the crowd is to stand for something special. This quote is by Bill Taylor, and it reminded me of my guest today. He stands for something special and especially in the dance, creative, and entrepreneurial world, which is why he's been able to accomplish many things and continues to do so. He stood in the gap for me and his other students when I met him coming back to dance in 2014, taking his classes, being challenged, but also being encouraged. And that is a true mark of a leader. If you want to know his background, listen to my other episodes that I will link in the show notes. And if you search for his name, you will come across other interviews, his top selling dance courses on Udemy, as well as his channel on YouTube. So I have to introduce my dear friend, Amaroy Bernardo, who we are going to talk about leadership. And it was interesting how this episode came about because I was telling him about uh, this podcast episode from Brendan Burchard that I was listening to about leadership and it made me think of him and just seeing his growth in terms of his brands and his businesses and and uh, seeing all of that just flourish in the last couple of years that I've known him. And um, when I told him about this last episode, episode 217, Leadership Lessons from Freestyle Session that I did covering my um, experience at the Freestyle Session event in Los Angeles, he said that he would have some thoughts about leadership. So I thought it would be really appropriate to bring him on because he's in that world. He has experienced what it's like to be in a competitive battle scene, but also on the other end of it, being behind the scenes, being in the forefront of creativity and entrepreneurship and developing brands. So I just thought it really appropriate to piggyback that session. And again, that session was 217 Leadership Lessons from Freestyle Session. And this event, it's a yearly event in its 25th year, over 40 countries worldwide, and it represents every element of hip hop and street dance. So let's go ahead and get into this. This will be interesting because I know he'll have a lot to say about leadership. Well, I've seen him in action with everything that he's developed and what he's gone through, the ups and downs of building his brand, building his companies, doing things when people weren't doing things, right? I mean, it's just like you were just kind of going for it. So one thing I want... <laughs> Yeah. No, no, no. One thing I one thing um I talked about in session two seventeen is that in order to be an effective leader, you have to first be a leader of yourself. So, what would you say? How do you lead yourself? What does that mean to you to lead yourself, and what does that look like to you? Oh God, the <laughs> for me, what it means to lead myself is I think being the example. At least for me, just thinking about it, I don't I don't give people, especially in my team, that I know I can't do myself. Though I do think there eventually will be a time where I do bring people who have more expertise than me. So that, in a sense, means being vulnerable and uh, accepting there are things that I can't do. But yeah, I, for me, it's, oh God, it's hard. This is, I, I don't really thought about this. I'm glad I stumped you with a question. How do I lead myself? Because I, I, I'm, this is me being an overthinker. <laughs> right now because i'm interpreting it in many ways like leading myself okay there is the self-care part where i make sure that i 
do my morning routine and Annette messaged me like 30 minutes <laughs> before she got here and I was in the middle of my morning routine. So make sure that I make sure that I take care of myself. A lot of people know I put a lot of hours into working, but I also preach and do my best to be an example of taking care of myself. So hence I have to do a morning routine. Hell, I take naps in the middle of the day because if I'm, my brain is just fried. I know not everyone has that luxury to do so, but to that means also knowing when to take a step back and relax for a bit, uh, and also when to go ham and just an ungodly amount of hours sometimes. <laughs> but you know, but I don't, that's, that's the thing too. Like I do it because I'm coming from a place that I am enjoying my process. Like I never expect any of my employees or, or, or ever, ever, any of my dancers to work this am- amount of hours I do. I simply enjoy the process. It's kind of like a game for me. But uh, going back to leading myself, yeah, self care. Be an example. Don't like. I hate the saying of of uh, what people say. Like, do as I say. Not like that whole shit. Like, no. I if I have to be the example of. I'm working hard. I'm also taking care of myself and making time for people that I care about. So I hope that answered your question. Yes, it does answer my question because I think before the, I, I know we, I've talked about this on that session. Again, that session is 217 freestyle uh, leadership lessons from freestyle session that is um, spurring this conversation, which I think is so timely, but it's so easy for someone to say I'm a leader and be a positional leader and talk a lot about being a leader and and trying to exert some kind of leadership and control without having the action and the, um, the, you know, the example, like you talked about behind that. So I've experienced that a lot and I know we all have. And so I talk about that in the session, but the example, and when you say example too, I, I also think that you are an example to people that you have no idea who, when, where, you don't know when it's going to happen in terms of like your influence. And also because you're a dad and your son watching you do what you do. What would you say about that being a parent? Now, that's a, that's a whole other discussion that could happen, but w- I think we still need to plan that kind yes. of that part. Yeah. yeah. But like in terms of, yeah, I think leadership is, is like nothing thrusts you into the limelight of leadership than being a parent because. In that, in that kid's eyes, you are their world, you are their example, and whether you goof around, they will take that thing as serious, and they will imitate it to the core. I've, I say things now that Jordan, my son Jordan just says, <laughs> like when we're playing, like, and then, uh, like, for example, I say, like, yo, that's sick, or, and, and he's, now he's saying, yo, that's sick, and, like, it's that simple, like, you know, from the young minds to the teenagers I've coached and to the adults I work with, they... No matter what you do, whether you want to be the leader or a role model or not, you're still going to be an example because, one, you're alive and people are, we, we watch whether you like it or not. But yeah, like as that, I realized as a parent, like, okay, if I want him to be the person that I envision him to be, he's going to be different. I know he's going to be different. If anything, we can do. I can be an example of me embodying the values that I care about. So that way, at least he has some sort of compass of like principles that I go by in terms of like taking care of my body, taking care of like all these things that like in trying to instill these values. But I also have to do it with him because it's one thing that I've experienced, I've seen, or like even with my own upbringing, like 
parents will tell you what to do, but they'll never give you the example of how to do it. So, and that, cause, and I feel like once you experience it, like, or actually do it, you, the lessons are better instilled. And I think that's better with him. And uh, just to go back onto it, like, you got to be in the trenches with the people you're trying to, you're working with. You can't just be, you know, there's this meme I've seen, like, the leaders should be leading from the back or not the front. I think it's both. Like, the leader needs to be able to be lead from the back, see the vision, see where we're going, but also lead from the front to also be the example. So you got to be, see the vision, but also, you know, not be afraid to get your hands dirty. I love that. And I talked about that again in the session. This is, it's so interesting how you're bringing this up. And, you know, we had not planned like what we exactly what we were talking about. But I talked about leaders knowing how to seize the moment, but being future focused. So being like you said, being in the trenches, like knowing what it is for the future, the kind of legacy you want to bring the message and the mission you want to bring. But at the same time, you take that back to the to what do I need to do today? And what who do I need to be today? What do I need to do to equip my team? That's exactly what vision paradox means. I love that. So can you talk a little bit about vision paradox? Actually, yeah, talk about that. What I want to know is what has changed and what has stayed constant since you've built your companies and your brand working with different dance companies and different, you know, there's different personalities, there's different temperaments, there's different working styles. What has remained constant and what has had to change or evolve in this process? Okay. I feel like there's three parts I need to answer to that. First, vision paradox my marketing company uh, really touches on that vision. The V goes out uh, talks. You have to have the vision and see your future. Uh, and then the paradox, which is the X part, which comes back into the center. It all starts with today. So how can you use today to create your future? So the future starts today. Vision. Awesome. No, that's boom. That's awesome. So uh, in terms of what's remained constant, uh, me, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. So, Cause but that I think that's the the, the common denominator because my personality and the way I kind of run things has been constant, which has helps cultivate the culture that I want, the work that I kind of want. Yeah, I think that's and then the one thing, a couple things that have changed. Like obviously, it's like I, some people have left, but that that's where the one thing that's constant me because <laughs> because. Because I believe the leaders is like it always starts from the top down. Like the leaders start set the tone. So the way that I've ran my company is is like if I have a certain set of values that I'm embodying and then sharing with the team, like everyone knows that I I goof around a fuck ton, but I also am insanely serious about deadlines and getting when it's time to get done and being very timely. So it's like I had the I had create a space where where there feel where there's I guess a sense of freedom to be able to be honest and express yourself and actually be candid with me, but also uh, know that there's limits of like, as long as like you can fuck around, but get your shit done. So, and then that's what, that's been constant for me. Like you enjoy this hanging out and whatever it is, just get it done. Just get it done. Cause that, cause then on the client side, if clients don't get it on time and then that means we failed internally to get it done like to deliver but yeah so i, I think that's about what's been con what else but well i think yeah well you being constant the you know the constant fixture because you have you know it's your companies and stuff but and since i've known you you've always been about the work ethic and about pursuing excellence 
when I took your classes, when um, I took your your training program, which was like, I, I still can't believe some of the things that you had me do. And like, well, I digress because I, you know, right now, as we're talking about this, I'm still, I'm still picturing those darn jumping jacks in the beginning of warm up that I so hated. <laughs> I don't know why I was, you know, why I always go back to these jumping jacks is because my current workouts right now, the coach that I train with, he has us do like bat jacks and seal jacks and playing j- like all these kind of jacks. And I'm like, I'm, I don't like jacks, but I do them because they're effective. So anyway, I digress. Trying to, <laughs> try, trying to warm up the whole class, and it's like it's effective because you're doing upping upper and lower bodies. <laughs> yeah, I, I know we're kind of off on a tangent here, but you know that brings me to the point about leadership. About really effective, impactful leaders are not only about business, which we are talking about as well, but also about. Um, reverence for humanity. And I feel like just in our discussions um, off the podcast about this, when we talk about business and leadership is that you've created this culture and space so that your contractors or your employees or whoever, you know, collaborators you're working with, they have this safe, this safe space to express and to feel and like you said, to be vulnerable. How did you cultivate that? And why? And what is your, you know, philosophy on that? Did you not? Did you experience that when you were under leadership, maybe in a, a previous company you worked at, or in a, a dance company you were part with, part of, or was that missing and you wanted that for your own environment? What would you say about that? Uh, I feel I think me really was the more comfortable I am with who I am and myself in whatever situation. I felt like it would create that same space, uh, which is you know I'm unapologetic, un- unapologetically myself myself as often as I can obviously I need to read the room and context is very important I'm not about to just start cursing up a storm if I'm doing <laughs> if I'm doing a corporate you know presentation or keynote or pitch but I I, I believe I'm pretty easygoing yeah I think that's that, that's very like I'd say abstract because not everyone can just be like oh just be easygoing just be confident because these are like things what are the steps to get to that um, but for me, what really helped is, in terms of that, within me, is realizing no one really gives a shit about like the kind of mistakes I do or what's really happening in my life or all that stuff because everyone's busy with their own stuff. In that thought, I believe, I started feeling like, oh, if no one gives a shit, no one gives a shit. So then I, that gave me freedom of like, oh, I can be expressive now. I can be like, yo, what's up? Can I cuss? <laughs> oh my gosh! But this is him. This is him. So yeah, like, and then uh, it, and uh, with like, say um, it, again, go, con- context happen is important. So say I'm meeting a new client for the first time. Obviously, we get through the whole the whole onboarding process, questions and whatnot. But we eventually gets to a point where like it does feel a little casual, so I can start bu- building some rapport outside of the business part, where my I kind of inject like curiosity about them i don't know if, if what he caught if since it's thanksgiving th- thanksgiving happened recently ask them about that i'd be a little curious about it what about it what about it get and then that i feel i think it was how to win friends and influence people like ask more about the person because when they're, when we're talking about business it's kind of like a it's our kind of like our baby we're kind of on a little protective of it making sure that it goes the way we want it but then we the thing is how do we how do i get beyond that veil make them feel more human and same thing with when i hire new people i can be a kind of a dick to a lot of people 
uh, in the hiring process because I'm also protective of who I bring in because it's I think that's a mistake a lot of interviewers do that they try to make people to feel too comfortable in the interviewing process. I kind of do the opposite because I want to know that you can I can has, I can work with you in the trenches. Then we can be friends after. Because if you're too comfortable in the beginning, you're going to fuck around. Wow, that's it. Okay, I don't know that I've ever spoken personally with someone about that, that their intention is to be that way up front and then have that be, you know, have that more, you know, familiarity afterwards. But that, you know, the way you explain, explain that, that makes sense. So then... Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure there's the people who work with me would, would beg, to di- beg to differ. But like, I'm like, in the, okay, now we're going to a tangent about how I interview people. But like, whatever set of work they send me, I will nitpick every single thing. What did you do in this frame? What did you do here? What was your thought process? What 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 did you do? What did you do for this campaign? What was the ad spend? I would like. I want to hear how they think and how they deal with like if you know. I don't know. Yeah, I just want to hear how they think, and uh, can they get it done? And are they bullshitting me? Because anyone can look good on a resume. Anyone can look good, like with to, can make their reel look good. So I want to hear from you, like your thought process. And if you can't verbalize it, I'm pretty sure it's probably because like they're they're nervous and whatnot. And that's fine. And I I, I do my best to see beyond that, which is why again. I try to take, like, I try, there's, it's a little bit of a mix of, like, okay, it's, like, just relax a little bit. Like, I, I do, a, I still do try to inject a little bit of silliness. It's such a fine line to, to try to do both, especially if you're trying to vet someone. Um, I, I feel like I've definitely <laughs> diverged from the initial, initial question. What was the question? God, we've gone on a bunch of different tangents, but we were talking about humanity, making space, that company culture, but how, you know, it, you know, when it comes to business, you have to be kind, you have to be upfront and very direct and very clear upfront. And then there's room for flexibility afterwards, which I think is a great approach. Here's the thing too, though. I'm also like with that same, I'd say intensity. I'm also very intense, like of like, of if you need a break, fucking tell me. I, and I say it in a very like, oh, if you need a break, tell me. Because <laughs> t- delivery matters so much. If I like in in team meetings, I I give it in such an intense way, it almost seems like I'm mad. But it's all because I also want them to know the, the the how important it is. Like if you need a break, tell me. If you need to push a deadline, or if you need someone else on the team, that's why we're a team to take it on. Fucking communicate because it's because you know. And I've had people do that. Like I've given. Um, uh, what do you call it? One of my editors, he, um, he was starting to feel burnt out. I just tell him, take the week off. We got it. And uh, one of my other editors last week, um, he was, uh, he, what do you call it? He was having, trying to do a workcation thing. And then, he, you know, one of those, these things, these digital nomads do, and they, they, they go to these nice places and they work. And the thing is, Wi-Fi was spotty and he was worried about, about deadline. And I was like, enjoy your time there. We got it. And then letting them feel comfortable that they won't feel i think having them feel secure that they're not going to lose anything if if a mistake happens you know i hire i feel like i hire slowly but yeah and i i fire slowly sorry uh because <laughs> uh because if i see them have see that they have good work it's like okay this is a mistake it, it's teachable like i essentially paid for the mistake that here's your whatever the cost was but the, the ultimately i want people to feel safe in 
uh, through whatever, whether it's my dance company or through Vision Paradox, it's making them feel safe, not just to be like to perform, but to be honest with you, which is uh, like, this is why like I, I have that intensity of saying, if you're, if you're tired, fucking take a break. If you need to push a deadline or if it, if we can talk to me, if so, if there's a holiday that I don't know about, talk to me. And I, and then because of that, like, what do you call it? More people have been honest. More people have been said like, I need to take a break. I'm feeling burnt out. Like I've had like handful, hands full of people just take, I give them a week off because <sighs> mental health is so important. So like, and then like one of my social media managers, she was feeling burnt out. She was on the verge of quitting, um, and that and and uh, I told her, "Let's take the week off, relax, go to like, and then come back." We uh, well, obviously, it means more work for me and the other team, but for me, it goes to the point: like, am I willing to take on this extra work? If if everyone leaves, do I have the capability to ta- to do the work? And I, the answer is yes. The only the the only difference is time is you know it'll just take longer, but I can still do it. That's how like. You know, maybe it sounds a lot of like arrogance that I can do it. That's probably why I take it on so much. But, <laughs> but I also, I, I also believe that at the end of the day, the work will get done. That's need, and that's how comfortable I am of them. Like if they need to take a break, I can just pick it up and just, you know, get it done. Yeah, and the same thing with my dance company, and they're just honest, honest of like, here's what maybe here's an idea, here's a or here's how we can run this next workshop better. So it's like, I want that, uh, of like safety and trust, which is kind of why I am kind of a goofball, but also intense an intense goofball. <laughs> That's very accurate. Uh, because I don't know. It, I feel like it creates this crazy air of like fun and seriousness. I've been, compl- I've been complimented that I'm the most unprofessional, professional <laughs> person they've ever worked with. <laughs> <laughs> because like the amount of curse words or like uh, or or I, I have in my emails or or just how I am just talking to clients like or even if I met them for the first time I just somehow we get into a mode of just laughing and goofing off because it's I don't know laughter is like the best medicine it's like the, it, it it makes everything so fun and the whole that's why I think the whole process should be fun and then with but also with when it comes to business and getting shit done it has to meet that. But also, ultimately, taking care of yourself, taking care of your people, and really giving a shit matters. Because, like, one thing that I aim to do is, I do is, like, the, is having the, not just the, what is it, the, these progress performance reports? Like, when you, like, like pre- yeah, all this yeah. stuff and talk to them. I do that. Obviously, you, talk, you see how they are, but I'll, I'll also check in with them and their life. And seeing how, like, to, I don't know, make sure that they feel heard. Because I feel like in a lot of these businesses, employees just feel like they're a part of the, just they're just a number. Even though they hardcore believe in the vision, it's, I think it's, there's something to be said when the CEO or the head of the company takes time to spend time, at least even five minutes, with someone who's been, who's helping build the whole thing. Because it's kind of a dick move. Like you're, you're building someone and you're building something and you're not acknowledging it or giving props to the people who are helping you. So I don't know. That's, that's 
No, I'm glad that you went you went there with all of that because it's, you know, there's so much that encompasses leadership. There's so many facets of it and so many things and it's always a work in progress. And it's always about, you know, what like you said, how can in your dance company, how can we make this next workshop better? It's a constant process refining, evolving. Which, you know, like I said in the beginning, I've seen you do this, like, since I've known you. And it's funny when you're talking about humor, because I remember your silly jokes in class. You know, when you start off class, I'm like, oh, my, I mean, I, you know, it was funny. I thought it was funny. But, you know, I'm thinking, okay, at least I'm laughing doing these darn jumping jacks, you know, when I wasn't, when I was struggling to even do that and hold planks and all these things, you know. I, yeah, I appreciate that. But you know, it's like, Again, going back to being a leader of yourself, being a leader of yourself, you're constantly evolving. You're constantly looking at ways to improve yourself. If you're on this trajectory of self-development, personal development, growth. I think that's something to add, too, is like part of my morning routines, I try to learn something different. Or I, I prior to quarter th- Q4, uh, Q1 to Q3, I, I aimed to schedule at least one learning day, just dedicated to learning whatever the hell I wanted to learn, uh, whether it was industry related or something random i randomly decided to look up what string theory was and try to learn what that was what's string theory that's very hard to explain <laughs> okay I, another episode i still don't know i still don't get it it's or even quantum physics it's like, i love quantum physics i just tried i just like wanted to i wanted my brain to like just dive into its curiosities it's like oh what's this what's this and just let myself learn what about whatever the heck it is about I love that in terms of dance and movement. Like since coming back to dance when I was just focused on, okay, jazz, ballet, contemporary, hip hop, whatever, right? And now it's like my world has been opened up to all these different modalities of movement that maybe some people don't consider dance per se, but it's movement and it's exploration and creativity. And ex- like, like we've talked about learning and exploring, which I think totally informs not only your creative process, artistic process, but also your business process. The, the, that's the thing like when diving into the curiosities it kind of reinvigorates and brings a new perspective and inspires the main thing like i oh, i forgot what it was but there's been so many instances where i'm just watching i'm watching basketball and i somehow it somehow influences how i run a company oh yeah how i run a company like i was watching uh watching basketball actually made a huge impact on how i run my companies because uh, watching basketball, gone to basketball, uh, wanted to learn what it takes to t- create a winning culture. So sports, which is very competitive. So studied Phil Jackson, uh, how his philosophy of it. And this was a time when I was trying to figure out my own self and who I wanted to be as a leader. And really resonated with his more, I guess, the Zen-like approach to a lot of it. And uh, talking about, like, not it's not just the individual it's the team, it's creating the culture, you create the space and environment for them. And so I embodied a lot of that to how I run my companies in terms of the culture. Yeah, and th- that's just an example of like, you never know where your inspiration will come from that will influence, you know, the main thing, quote unquote, that you're pursuing. Because I think a lot of people think that they only have to, like, say you're pursuing, I don't know, starting up an Etsy store where you sell you know, your own unique custom dresses and you should only be doing that and you should only be looking at Vogue or whatever influences you and you should, and then the thing with that is that you start, you're only like limiting yourself to what currently, what there currently is and just that spectrum and all that. And then I would say like, if you're into anime, look at anime for inspiration or if you're into, I don't know, abstract art, 
do that or into ur- uh, architecture look into that like how they made certain buildings you can probably find inspiration that will cr- help influence th- your next design piece so uh, I, that's i guess the whole classic long-winded version of you you can find inspiration everywhere you definitely can. And um, inspiration in terms of dance and movement, uh, especially piggy, piggybacking off of my experience at Freestyle Session. And since you've been in the world of battling and ciphering and sessioning and competitive dance as well, what has changed in terms of how you approach? Because, I mean, you don't battle on a regular basis. Now. I mean, you do it selectively. Yeah, I just battle for fun. So then how has that changed in terms of your strategies and tactics? Do you, or, or do you have, I remember we were talking about your last battle and you, how you said that you were in this flow state and you weren't like stressed about it. So has, was that, has that been because of experience as well? Or what, what do you want to say about that? And what kind of tips would you give to someone that is interested in pursuing that more? Don't suck. (laughs) No, here's several things that have helped. One, uh, I'm not in there to try to beat anyone anymore. I'm not here to fuck like to rip, rip people's faces off, and that was very like aggressive, uh, angsty. I went in there just to have a good time. I didn't like the ultimate thing was I didn't give a shit. Like I just like fuck it, let's try it, let's go. <laughs> and like, and I was, and I was, and it's so it's easier said than done. I didn't care about the result, and that's so hard, especially if you're competing or anything, or like. You don't care not to care about the result, and it sounds like I'm like it sounds like a cliche, and then just have fun with it. And for me, what that looked like when I was at the event uh, that I signed up for, like th- just to give context, I signed up for a battle for fun and one. So, and then, and then what that looked like is I didn't put any thought into it. Uh, I just what do you call it? I was excited, uh, I'm not, but I didn't try to strategize every single thing I'm gonna, I was going to do because I just acknowledged this is fun. I don't care about the result. That's just... And then, uh, and then from there, I just treated it like a regular cipher. A glorified cipher. Like, like those who have never been in there uh, in the battle scene, uh, there's if there's a whole p- bunch of people battling, say like it's 3,500, they go through... <laughs> they do like a showcase round first. And then from there, they do a process of elimination to pick their top 16 and whatnot. So we were doing our showcase, but I just saw it like, as a glorified cipher. So I cheered the shit out of every single person in there. One, uh, the reason is so I get out of my head. Because when, especially like now that I'm in it, I'm thinking like, okay, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? But once I, but that getting out of your head means being physically active with your environment and being present. So the best way I can go about it is being insanely animated, giving everyone props, cheering, that way, okay, the more I, like, it's, I guess using my physiology, physiological response of, like, if I'm really enjoying myself, my whole body, will, mind, will be aligned with, like, I'm having a great time, like, high-fiving everyone. And that kept me in the state of being relaxed. Because I knew it's in my, the minute I just stopped doing that, it was, like, literally, like, in the back door, if like, I stop, it'll just, just that cre- creeping in of, like, it's battle time. <laughs> of macho macho and all that shit. <laughs> But yeah, the, I I felt it because <laughs> there were moments I would look to my to my friends on the side. I would have like a like a very intense like I'm gonna fucking kill everyone right now. <laughs> but I'm not surprised about that. But I'm also like, uh, but I'm also like, 
stop. <laughs> it's not about this is because again, if I get too caught up in trying to be this thing of like trying to win, being attached to that result, then I'm not. I feel I almost feel like I've every time I'm too attached to a result and try to force the result, I don't get it. There was like for me, it was very like that'd be cool if I got it, but let's have fun with it and just enjoy the process. And that and then again, using being very animated, having fun, got me through the first rounds. And which eventually led me there. So yeah, those were the kind of things I did throughout the day, just getting out of my head, being into the environment, being very present. But also another thing that I've been doing is I dance every single day now. Part of my morning routine is I dance for ten minutes, and part of my workout routine I work out twice a day uh, is my second workout is usually dancing. So and that's usually like either technique training or just straight up play. And then I feel like because I've practiced in a sense every single day i was already ready for it it was just nothing nothing different i wasn't trying to prep for something it was just part of my life so and i think that daily preparation or just daily practice of it you know made me prepared for what was happening because going back to being a competition dancer or getting my the old way of do it like oh there's a jam coming up we got to practice twice a week five hours not five hours but like two hours because I'm a college student, <laughs> but and then and then you know you like there's such an intensity like and uh, and then the day comes it's so, so short lived and it's like it wasn't even fun anymore because you're just like so focused on like yeah I gotta win and then I get there like I don't even make it af- past the first round damn it what is my life <laughs> so yeah uh, and now now it's like I'm doing it every day for fun for enjoyment for health for like my the creative benefits and i just do it for fun and it's like oh this feels good and it's i enjoyed the process and yeah that's one thing that's super different now too especially especially with the battle scene the battle scene when i was younger (laughs) was very i say ego in your face you better be the shit or else i'm gonna fucking call you out after the battle and they're like yeah there's been moments where like growing up in uh college for me there was a moment like, with my crew who had a rivalry with another crew. We had a battle in the back of a park. No one was watching us. We just battled each other because we wanted to show, like, we're fucking better than you. It was very much like that. Like, it, 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 now it's very sport. Everyone loves each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. No, back then, it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know, the, the whole part of, like, hip-hop, like, peace, love, unity, and having fun, but cool. Like, well, once you're in a battle, fuck you. I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> you know? But I like the how everyone is there's a lot of more sportsmanship in battles nowadays it feels that way at least or from what i've seen because all these sponsored events or like how are these events that have blown up to have sponsors it feels safer just from my perspective but i also do acknowledge that there are probably some knuckleheads that are like still overly like aggressive trying to battle you it, you know everyone every culture has its bad apples but back yeah like i said back then it was like if no if even now, sometimes, if some person didn't like how a judge called us called something, sometimes competitors would still would call out the judge and battle them. I didn't know that that happened. Really? This happens. Yeah, this happens. Yeah. Sometimes they. they sometimes I think most of the time the, these OGs they, they just they don't they don't they don't go for it, and some do because you know it's it's kind of part of the culture. Like if you called out, you get called out. You kind of gotta show up and show out. So, but yeah, back for my experience back then it was very like 
that that's <laughs> that's very testosterone driven and very different nowadays. It's interesting you mentioned about the sportsmanship because I did notice that at freestyle session that there was a, a real cohesive community kind of feel and everybody cheering each other on, which I thought was really great. But in that last episode, I, I noticed that I, I, well, I talked about how leaders know how to have pauses and moments, like what you were talking about having the breaks, you know, knowing when you need to do more self-care, etc., and how you um, cultivate that within your companies. What I noticed is that there were moments that some dancers took to pause and reflect. I mean, it was, they weren't all hype and all like intense, like 24 seven kind of thing. Because I've been to, I've been to different events where it's like, oh my gosh, this energy is like intense and nobody, it's like, it's like too much. Like it was just too aggressive and too much. But I think finding those pauses and moments as a leader, first of all, and then as a dancer, as an artist, those, they uh, help you. It's not that you're slowing down necessarily that, that you're weaker or that you're, you know, less than it's necessary, you know? And so I think a leader knows when to do that in dance and in their business and in their life. And so I think that's really, really important. And it's, it used to not be so glorified. I mean, the whole like work hustle thing used to be so glorified of not taking breaks and all that kind of thing. Here's the thing. Like I work probably 12 hour days, but the thing is I have breaks in between. I work like I oscillate right rest and uh, work and rest. Uh, very much like working out and whatnot. I work for an hour, take a break for 30 minutes. I work for another hour, take a break for an hour, take a work for an hour. And it's it's great because now I have the hour to eat or watch something on Netflix or work out. Because that, that's the thing with the regular work schedule is like people are exhausted by the end of the day. Or they finish their work in four hours and they're just twiddling their thumbs for the next four hours. So for me, even though it's working, I work a lot of hours. It's not like I'm not taking my care of myself in between. And I also, the next thing too is like I listen to like my brain listening to the feedback. I'm like, am I just staring at the screen for five minutes? That probably means I'm done for the day. So it's and just listening to that. And I know not everyone has the luxury of doing that. So if you're finding yourself staring at the screen for five minutes, uh, and uh, you work at a regular job. Maybe you should just go outside and take a walk for a bit or actually take your break. And it's, I know it's also tough, especially if you have middle management being micromanaging you. Oh, God. <laughs> I can go on, on a rant about it. Me too. And my, oh, my, I am not about micromanaging. That's why I haven't worked a regular job since uh, 2005. Yeah, I, hate, I, I don't micromanage anyone in my fucking team. Like, I, it, I find it annoying. And I tell them, like, I don't micromanage. If I, I give notes. That's it. Like, if I have to micromanage you, you then I didn't. I, I, Shouldn't have hired you. So <laughs> I hate it. I'm pretty sure you do. I hired you because you've gotten to the point where I can trust you to at least get the job done. Now prove prove that I'm right, please. God, <laughs> I'm spending money on you. <laughs> yeah, you're. Well, you're investing. It's it's your investment. Investment in people. Investment in your company. You know, you have to. There's that level of trust in you, and your intuition, which I know you've learned to cultivate that as well. So in terms of dance, you know, we're talking dance, battles, leader, you know, we're talking about all these things that encompass leadership, because, because there are so many facets. Is there anybody right now in the dance world that you think exemplifies the leadership qualities that you admire? Oh, wow. Uh, a handful. Me, me, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course. Well, you know, I, you know, I talk about how you have to be confident as a leader. 
not arrogant and not, you know. Always me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay. Number one off the top of my head is Arnell. He is, oh, he's yes. just been so influential. He, I think he's a fuck the, the sunshine to every, per, every group he's ever worked with. He's amazing. Arnell, I think also Mike, uh, Mike Song of Kinjas, uh, and Anthony Lee. They are pushing dance to a level that was only a pipe dream like 10 years ago. The fact that Kinjas got a collaboration with Nike in terms of leadership, in terms of like dance business and what's possible. Ooh, shouts out to them. Uh, next is also um, Logistics or Logan from Underground Flow. Uh, she's she, she's a teenager that recently won Red Bull BC1. And it's been cool because I've known of her because the people uh, I the people from I've danced with some of the people from Underground Flow and then they trained she was one of their students she's part of it and all that stuff and I saw her when she I saw I started seeing all these videos of her doing power moves when she was like three four years ago and she was killing it and then I'm like oh she's a beast she's a beast and, I, and then seeing her compete at Red Bull BC one I'm like oh fuck dang they they they're an example of like enjoying the whole thing of the process and you don't have to be kind of an asshole to be about it because that's i'm saying that because i that's kind of the influence i had that you had to be kind of a dick when you competed because you know through your competition you know and that then i was it took me a long time to learn like just because you're they're your competition doesn't mean you can't have fun and enjoy it so very like it's a drive to bring in sports references (laughs) like you know obviously you want to have the competitive drivers for competing and perform to your best like but then there's the difference of like for example and i love these guys michael jordan and kobe bryant very intense like mm. and also the same but then there's also uh like lebron james and magic johnson who who smiled and had and had fun but also brought the intensity and I, can, I feel like i can relate my personality to them i goof off have fun i can talk shit a little bit but still like bring that intensity that's why i kind of see with logistics where she's like i'm fun but I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna kill you on this dance floor. Just, but we we all have fun though. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. And I, another one. I don't know if they know her. Her name is Danga. She was one of the people that I worked with in. She has MS. I find her just inspiring because uh, I, I met her like at a 24-hour fitness 2007, I think. And then it turns out she was one of the big players in like the, the in culture shock at that time. Like she. Like, she was like the director or something like that, or one of the artistic directors. I forgot, but I got to dance with her for a bit. And then she's been battling MS and I just follow her. And I just think her journey uh, with handling that and then still being able to do things she does as a dancer, I think that's been inspiring. So I'll have to look her up. I don't know who that is. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. So I think you should definitely interview her. She's, she's got a story. She's, um, I forgot what I was going to say. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's, I think off the, t- the top of my head, the four, hmm, there's a lot actually in my head. Liz, Lizelle Marie, um, she teaches at a, f- a couple colleges. She, te- she teaches at Cal State Northridge, which she's also like worked with a whole bunch of artists. But I just love where she, how she's her and my friend Syrian. I like how they're how they're trying to share, you know, the history of hip hop and how hi- from what I've heard at least, hip hop dance isn't take isn't considered isn't taken seriously in academia. That is true. Yes. They are kind of changing the game on that. They're like having their course. They're teaching the history and all that, the different styles. 
Like, um, I think one of my friend Syrian teaches at UC Riverside and the other one, Lizelle, Liz, she teaches over at GCC and at CSUN. So I, I just like the fact that it's been, <laughs> it's been how long since hip hop was born and it's finally getting, you know, acknowledged as, at least in some colleges as a, a legitimate art form, not just, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I really like the discussion and the focus that's been around that. It's been um, an uprising, and and it's it's you know there's more there should be more to it. I mean, I know it's and it's changing. USC is very much on the forefront of that as well. Well, I think is it Tiffany in that Tiffany, yeah, Tiffany and Monsell Durden, and there's some other people that have just been really um, instrumental in that. Which so it's good that it's like spreading around. But I think just in my experience of coming back to dance and how. Um, for so long, street styles, hip hop, you know, the whole definition of dance, like that was looked at as lesser than the European art forms such as ballet, and even, you know, some forms of modern. And so that has always been a struggle for me too. before, you know, just, you know, and of course, you know, being ignorant and just being focused on the wrong, the quote unquote, wrong things, at least from my perspective. But dance is dance, movement is movement, um, you can be excellent at house, but just because you don't do ballet doesn't make you a less of a dancer or a mover or... If anything, what I've noticed, like, the more versatile a dancer is, like, actually having foundation of different styles, because, just to go on a quick little diatribe, just because you uh, you dabbled in different styles doesn't make you a great all-styles dancer. Anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, for people who actually take the time to learn the foundation of each dance, whether it is ballet or jazz, or locking, or popping, and breaking. I think the deeper you have your understand these foundations, I've noticed how much stronger they are as a dancer, and how how much flexibility they have in their movement quality. Because now they have different libraries to pull from, and it's crazy. I've I've always believed those who are like classically trained. I've always found that those when once they transition over, actually vice versa. When they transition over, they bring such an intensity that sometimes I don't see if some if they just focus on the one style. So yeah, I I just love that dance has such a an expansive vocabulary to draw from, and then within that, like I'm very interested in classical Indian dance, and within that, there's I think there's at least eleven different forms, and the ones that I'm interested in have a lot of the the hand mudras that I'm really wanting to, and also because of my interest in yoga as well. But Cambodian dance has that as well, so. Like, there's all these things, you know, time is of the essence when, you know, you want to focus and there's so much you want to do, right, as a business uh, person, as an entrepreneur, and as a creative. But it's so exciting to know that you can draw from all these. And as a leader, like we talk, like what we've been talking about, you want to be open and curious and experiment. What was the question? <laughs> no question. I just wanted to see what you, how you would respond to that. Curi- I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I have... I have a lot of childlike wonder in a lot of things I do. Uh, there have been like just I, I call them manic episodes where I'm just or I just am curious about something and I stay stuck on it for like hours. Whether it's like oh I like the song I'm gonna choreograph to it until I'm, I'm until I'm done I don't care I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done <laughs> or it's some like or a video idea like oh I like that. Or uh, like, and, uh, and I'm writing out the script or putting out the treatment, and I'm like four hours. It's like five in the morning, you know. And I think that's one thing too is, is that I've I'm learning to let go because 
you know, because you've seen me in my phase of like I wake up at four a.m. and you and you, now it's like I'm waking up at nine and like, I'm not giving a shit. So it's letting go of the I guess letting go of the self judgment and uh, being okay to just explore. Uh, I think that's that's one thing that's been tricky to let go. Because like if you're oh what about your work day? What about these other things? But I, but I really want to figure this out right now. And if you the thing is if you're gonna explore it, you better fucking see it through to the end and just because <laughs> that's the thing with also entrepreneurs and or and whatnot. Or I feel like there's always a new idea and it's like the whole you know uh, the shiny gem yeah shiny object yeah that, yeah it's like, <laughs> yeah so like it, it just if you're gonna go if you're gonna go explore it finish it and like and give yourself like a, a timeline to 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 end so that way it's not like taking three months and now it has diminishing returns yes i totally hear you on that and and going back to what you were saying about uh, well touching on a couple of different things before we close out with you know your experience with your recent winning the recent battle about being positively um, anticipating the experience, but not being attached to the outcome, I think was huge. And that was definitely present as you, you know, took me through the experience. And then also, um, you know, the change in the in the industry, the changes in terms of, you know, people being, you know, leaders being in the forefront, you talked about Arnell, who I have had on the show, which has been awesome. There's so many things that as a leader, like you were talking about the self judgment thing. So to close out, why don't you give us five quick tips then to stay on track as a leader, <laughs> as a leader, as a creative, as an entrepreneur, give us five tips off the top of your head to close this out on um, what it takes to be an effective, impactful leader that is mission driven, uh, focused on, you know, future casting and uh, is an example. I guess a disclaimer, this is, this is my personal thoughts and experience and whatnot i don't think i know everything i don't think i know that much at all but because <laughs> i'm learning just as much as you but for me are we talking is, is it tips as in like here's my overthinking brain again <laughs> <laughs> are we thinking about principles here or are we talking about tactics very different very different so why don't you give us a, a mix of both okay don't suck be talented I'm just <laughs> oh Okay, I think, I mean, I feel like I have three of them on my forearm right now, which is my tattoo. The uh, first one is nothing is stronger than gentleness. That meaning like honey over vinegar kind of thing. If someone's having a hard time or like, I'm trying to like pull from a story right now, but I can't. So we're here. <laughs> but if you're trying to work with someone who is being hard-headed, you can't equally be hard-headed. You have to adjust and Again, be gentle in a sense. Empathy. I feel like that's something I didn't mention through this, but be empathetic. Um, I think even though I mentioned that I have kind of an intensity, uh, I have an intensity about self-care. I have an intensity about being good to your people. Uh, And then, you know, with that, I guess, sort of gentleness, it allowed people to work more freely, uh, whether it's getting the job done or, uh, or communicating. So sometimes I mean, there's a time and a place to be intense but if you're always like that it's going to be stressful and i think a lot more people respond to care and empathy than trying to push them no like as a leader you cannot i don't think you push or force people you have to be the example so they that way they rise to you that's what i think i hope that makes sense yeah. this next one is the obstacle is the way this is literally tattoos on me 
to, to for self reminders. Uh, the obstacle is the way. So more often than not, you know, whatever is in our way or whatever we're trying to avoid or whatever we've put off is probably the domino we need to tip over that will probably take care of everything else. So, and that's all, that's like the best way to trim the fat off your to-do list. If you have a million things to do, what's the one thing you've been avoiding? What's the one thing that'll probably make everything else easier? Or what's the one thing you've put on your, uh, on the back burner? So, uh, the next one is ego is the enemy. A huge ego is the enemy because if that means you think you're the shit, that means, you know, you are some, probably some middle management guy who's on their high horse telling their employees to work overtime when they should be at home. <laughs> you know, there's, there's that. And, and or you're, you're, you're feeling like you're untouchable and you can look like a million different things, but I've learned that, um, well, it is technically healthy to have an ego. My overthinking brain is also this is how my overthinking brain does it. It's like it it plays devil's advocate so many times, but it's only a matter of time where when people leave you or things hit the fan if you're very ego driven. That because that means if you're ego driven, you refuse to see feedback or listen to feedback and try to improve. And I've had many personal instances, both business professionally and personally. Or my ego has fucked things up terribly. And to say it stung is an understatement. More became like battle scars. So it's a forever reminder of where, you know, it's good to have ambition. And it's good to try to pursue greatness. But don't forget to also be good in the process. So that also, I guess that leads me to this next thing of who you are in the process is much more important than what you achieve. Because you can achieve great things, but you can also be, but the people you work with, they might just remember you as an, an asshole. And it's, it's fat, probably faster to get to achieve great things as an asshole because you're like direct to the point, all that stuff. And I think there's a time and place for everything. And while it does take longer to, to probably reach the mountaintop, but at least you won't be alone in the mountaintop. What was that for? And I think the last one is empathy and self-care towards yourself. As I think I'm sharing a lot more principles and values. Well, principles and values guide the strategies and tactics. Yeah, like empathy and self-care. Like I said, I have, I was doing my morning routine. I didn't care if you got here. I was, I was going to finish my goddamn morning routine. And I know the importance of that because I have a morning routine, so I get it. So yeah, and then self-care, like obviously taking breaks, uh, resting, doing, allowing you, exploring your curiosities. Those, I think, helps you still be human. Because especially in our society, like the Western society of working till you drop, or specifically American society, we work till we drop and we forget that we're also human to spend time with your loved ones. And I think I'm grateful that mental health has become such you know, uh, an important conversation a lot to a lot of people because now people are able to address things or be honest about certain things. Picking up on self-care and meditating taking the pause whether it's like five minutes for yourself in the middle of your work day or taking a pause via taking a week or maybe having a gap year for those of you guys graduated high school or graduated college take the gap year take that pause because life life is long and short it feels long until it's not <laughs> but people often overestimate what they can do in a year 
but they underestimate what they can do in a decade. How I was in 2011 was a completely different person and ambitions compared to now. You know, you never know how your life and your values will shift, but I think uh, if you have principles that will guide you, I think it'll help you stay grounded. Again, it depends on what those principles are, but these are the principles that I've stuck with that's helped me stay the path. And that's also helped me create the culture that I want for my company and kind of filter out what just didn't bring value. And crystal meth. Of course he had to end with that, right? I, I had this... Um, oh, should I edit? No, I'm not going to edit that out. But see, this is what I mean about you know he, he knows that he knows the the balance of being serious and having fun and and uh that's you know being a leader you are you are dealing with all these things and you know you you navigate all these things with the best attitude and the best perspective that you have and and have fun at the same time okay so i'll give you a chance to to end this out i mean do we want to end out on the crystal meth i don't know here, here okay wait a minute here we go just letting you guys know i don't do i don't do any of that stuff i just I just do it part primarily as a pattern interrupt. Yes. Because because it's like because right now I've just said a whole bunch of really cool things and now like wait what did he just say? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you know just add a little inject a little bit of my a bit of my weird humor into this yeah. <laughs> and weird humor is an understatement. But anyway, I will go ahead and close out. And what I would recommend is going back to this episode and taking notes because there was a lot of nuggets of gold that were said and um, check out his companies and his dance company and his Udemy courses and his YouTube channel I'll link it all in the show notes okay one more last thing I'll let you say whatever well not whatever you want but I know okay one last thing and then we're gonna go we'll we'll end this out but there's so much goodness in this episode I'm so thankful and just so appreciative of his time and his insights, and I always learn so much, and it's been amazing to see his journey and his growth throughout all of this. Okay, one last thing. Anything? Not anything, but leadership. Something else? Give us a closing thought on leadership. Not that you haven't said all these wonderful things, but one closing thought that's not crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my closing thoughts on leadership is you're a leader whether you think you are or you aren't. You are because you're leading your own life. I think the thing is a lot of people are unaware of how much control or how much leadership they truly have in their lives because there's the it's a matter of where their focus is. They're focusing on very much on what they don't have control. Control. They're 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 either too busy critiquing about politics or the pandemic that's happening on there. A lot of people are focused on complaining about that and probably getting a lot of validation about it through social media and so and that's where it can feel like you you don't have you know you aren't uh, in leadership of your own life and when you realize that you do and you realize that you are a leader in your own life when you when you start focusing on the things you can control within your life such as what, how you respond to things such as how often you go to the gym or even as much as you have control in how you're going to talk to yourself today, that's where you can start showing leadership. Because the minute, because we have a lot of self conversations with ourselves that we're probably unaware of, especially when we make mistakes. Like, oh, you fucked up again. 
oof, that painful sting, even just saying that right now, hurts. So then that having this self-conversation, I'm like, oh, I made a mistake, but it's okay. I, I can do better next time. I'm not a fuck up like, like this person said when I was a kid. You're not a fuck up. It's just, you know, taking control of that conversation in your head or the scripts in your head can help. You know, you can lead that. It's not easy because, you know, me talking about it is easy, but it's a daily practice. And you can do that through journaling and whatnot. I'm about, I feel like I'm about to go whole thing, but... Or even seeing a therapist. So, I'm not against that either. You're a leader. Every moment of your your life, Not a, maybe it's not in some grand capacity, but ultimately, this is your life and you get to lead it the way you want it. Thank you so much for joining me on this session. Remember that you are valuable, your dreams are important, And it's never too late to be great.